All right, another edition of Union Soccer Podcast. Here we are, Philadelphia Union fans. Sean Brace and Joe Tanzi with you here. Folks, off and running, MLS season underway, and Champions League fast approaching again next round against Atlanta. So we got a lot to discuss here. Of course, Joe, uh, it is a Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday here, and um, you were just at practice. You were at training for the first time pre-pandemic, correct? Yeah, it's the first time I think thirteen months. Wow! The last time I was down there was, I think it was March eleventh actually, because it was uh, the Wednesday before what was supposed to be the home opener against San Jose last year, because they played the first two on the road against uh, Dallas and LAFC. So yeah, that was. I mean, look, I've been down there for games, but sure. In terms of in-person training, yeah, that was the first time I've. Uh, I've seen the guys in action outside of a game since last March. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I forgot that they were even opening up the season at home versus San Jose last year. That's a good trivia question there. Of course, everything <laughs> went to hell, but um, yeah. you know, here we are in 2021, and things are definitely looking a little bit better for the Union. Um, all right, let's go ahead and pick up with what we saw on Sunday, you know, look, scoreless draw. We talked about it in the post game. It's a result that uh, you know you should be happy with. You should be content with, especially this early in the season. But my question mm-hmm. to you is: Okay, we saw what the Union had on the pitch on Sunday versus Columbus. Now, um, I, I feel like we can get a little bit better there. I feel like there were some some opportunities that they could have got a goal. Uh, Columbus, absolutely. I feel like there were some opportunities that they could have got a goal as well, to be fair. But more focused on, this, on the Philadelphia Union here. Um, I, I guess my question is, what do you expect to see as far as changes are concerned on Saturday night versus Inter-Miami? So the, the one change I think we, we really want to see is, is if a healthy Sergio Santos uh, can start. Uh, that's the, the the biggest thing we're we're looking at. If we're being honest, uh, look, Anthony Fontana is a fine player. He's going to contribute a lot uh, as the number ten. But it, it's very hard for a player to train all off season, all preseason, preparing like you're the number ten, and then you know what, a, a week or two, maybe less before. A Champions League start, not let alone a MLS season start. Uh, they say, "Yeah, out of necessity, we got to play you as a second striker." Uh, it's very difficult, it, mentally and physically, uh, to prepare. And look, uh, it wasn't Fontana's finest showing, but you also have to kind of take that into perspective. Like, yeah, the, it's a it's a three game run of him playing out of position. Uh, you know, Castro Shabilko has been working on chemistry for the last two three years with. Coy Burke, Sergio Santos. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of kind of different angles you can take to it. So uh, I think to see what could potentially be the first choice strike pairing, depending on you know your personal thoughts on, on where Corey Burke fits in this lineup, uh, to finally see it in action on the fourth game of the year, the second MLS game, I think that's what we're all waiting for because you want to see uh, a little more kind of dynamism in attack because 
Santos brings that with his pace and, and, and the way he is on the ball. Yeah, when he came onto the field, you saw definitely a spark. And, um, you know, look, it's early in the season, tired legs. Union played a couple games here. So is Columbus, uh, to be fair. Again, they, yeah. they played the same amount of games. But, uh, you know, definitely needed that little change there for Sergio Santos to hop on the field on uh, in late Sunday evening. Um, yeah, and that game was always going to be a defensive battle. Yep. Uh, look, Columbus and the Union both had two of the best defenses in the league last year. And really the only change was Mark McKenzie leaving. But, you know, Elliot and Glesnes are so familiar with each other and, and the system fits them so well where, uh, and, and the way, you know, we talked about some post games, Kevin Kincaid, Jesse's artist, I think he's eight halves now without yep. a shot on goal against the Union. The matchup suits their center backs very well. So, uh, look, I, I expect it to be a defensive battle. You know, for, you know, goal withdrawals are, aren't the, the sexiest thing in soccer, but uh, it's very effective for the union to now have that in their cap. And, and look, there's uh, you know, 33 more league games to play, and you got to win the home ones and, and steal points on the road. And uh, you tend to be in pretty good shape if you do that. Exactly. Long way to go. Plenty of games to go here, so I'll take a scoreless draw to kick <laughs> things off against Columbus anytime. All right, now we're opening up the season, the home MLS part of the season here. First one at uh, the Subaru Park in Chester coming up here at Saturday night, 8 p.m. kickoff. Hey, be sure to catch the pregame show, 7.30, 30 minutes before kickoff. Uh, it's our DraftKings pregame show only on The Gambler. Be sure to tune in. And, of course, our postgame coverage as well, as Joe just mentioned. Kevin Kincaid now joining us as well. So a little three for a lot of fun to be had. Hopefully we're talking about a Philadelphia Union victory this Saturday night. Now, enter Miami. Let's talk a little about what they have going on. Higuain scored a goal against the Galaxy. I think it was a penalty, uh, but yeah. the Galaxy went in there and won 3-2. to two. That was a pretty impressive game. Tough spot for the Galaxy to win, putting them to the side. What type of inter-Miami team do you think we're going to see here on Saturday night? So I think that's still an open-ended question. This is a team that, you know, there's another new manager in. Diego Alonso was let go. That was a little bit of a fiasco at the start of the offseason. And now Phil Neville comes in. English background, you know, former you know, England international, uh, close with David Beckham. So you know, there's connections there. But any time a new coach comes in, it's going to take a while for them to, you know, their impact to show on the field. It's not going to be right away. And, and look, this team made some very nice additions. Uh, they brought in Calvin Leardam and, and Jovan Jones, uh, formerly of the Seattle Sounders, title-winning teams. You you still have Iguain up top. Blaise Matuidi and Rodolfo Pizarro are still on the team. It's a very dangerous lineup. But you don't know what exactly the style of play looks like yet. Uh, I think one game is such a, a small sample size uh, to base that off of. So uh, kind of an unknown, uh, unknown with the types of players they have. Uh, the league website says they lined up in a four-two-three-one. I admittedly didn't watch a ton of that game, but you know, in what we saw uh, that ga- that game against the Galaxy was kind of a an attacking goal fest that we kind of expected. Uh, two teams that are uh, right now in the middle tier of MLS, so it's going to be a, a challenging task when you whenever you have a a world class striker like Iguain and look. Matuidi, uh, we all know how he can boss in midfield. So uh, it's going to be a tough task just because of the players involved, but 
systematically, I'm not sure if, if we know what exactly Inter Miami's identity is going to be uh, until later in the season. All right, way too early of a line here on DraftKings Sportsbook, but still, we'll put it out there. The Union are plus one twelve, Inter Miami plus two twenty. You can get the draw coming up on the three way plus two sixty. It looks like that's not a that's not a bad number for the Union either. Yeah, at home. No, definitely not. Give me the plus money. I like it. Um, but yeah, well, you know, I, I need to see the eleven here. I don't know why the original vibe I'm catching is like another draw, but uh, it's early in the season, so that wouldn't be too shocking, anyways. They're still all trying to find their legs. Although, like I said, Miami did score two goal, two goals in that game on Sunday as well. So uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, yeah, DraftKings Sportsbook does have the early lines out, so I would hold off and waiting till see the starting eleven. But if there's something that you like, go ahead and fire once again. DraftKings Sportsbook. It's our pregame show as well, presents it. So uh, be sure to tune in 7.30 on Saturday night. All right, uh, Jim Curtin's talking to the media tomorrow. Is there anything that you're looking forward to hearing from Jim? Is there anything that we need to hear more as far as on the union's perspective or on Miami's perspective? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for the union is the the injuries uh, to make sure that Santos is fit to at least play you know, 45 to 60 minutes. Um, Corey Burke and Elsino just started training this week. I don't know how many off days they had, but with a Sunday match day, uh, I would assume Tuesday was pretty light. Monday was an off day. So today was probably their first real kind of ramping up into full training mode. So I would think they're probably available off the bench. Uh, but the injuries is probably the, the biggest thing we're going to learn from that. Uh, who's healthy? I mean, look, it's been the storyline all all preseason and, and entering the start of the season just because of uh, the position that that's been depleted. So uh, I think that's going to be the the biggest takeaway. Um, I, I, I guarantee somebody's going to ask a super league question to Jim Curtin just because uh, those things tend to go long and, and there aren't too many topics to hit on. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's the uh, I think that's pretty much it. We're going to hear from him in terms of like breaking news. Uh, other than that, kind of just more of a, you know, what he sees out of Miami and and, and kind of figuring out Higuain. Because remember, they they played him once already. Uh, he became best friends with Jose Martinez last September. So uh, that that's a, a little advantage they have over some other teams that may not play uh, Miami or didn't play Miami last year. Looking forward to it Saturday night. Hear the game on the Gambler. Now you, you seem like you had an issue with the Super League question. I, you know, <laughs> I kid. Um, it is a little crazy because, I mean, that's all the topic was uh, all week on sports. I mean, it really was on ESPN everything. My only question about the Super League, since you brought it up, Joe, is – and I think, you know, this was brought – it was, I think, raised on Sunday. Now, we've definitely heard this before and so on and so forth, but Sunday's the day that it broke, and we were doing yeah. the post-game show, and you were right up front going, it's never going to happen. But my question to you is this. I didn't doubt you. I've said, you know, there's a there's ten, ten, 10 different reasons why I don't want it to happen. I don't think it will happen, so on and so forth. But my question to you is, to the powers that did want this, right? Like, do we know the money guys at the top of all these franchises. Did they not think, like, this backlash was going to come their way? Like, it took one day, and they were like, nope, not going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to realize that these guys operate in a completely different headspace, in a completely different echelon of life than, than we do. So their perspective is completely different from ours. 
that's the thing. You know, they're out of touch. Is basically what it is. They're out of touch and they're looking out of, out for their own interests and their own interests only. That's what it is. Uh, it's motivated by money. Yeah. How, mu- how much money they can make for the clubs and and look from that perspective, it made sense for them because if you're Arsenal or Spurs, you're not making Champions League most likely this year, which means you don't get money from playing in the Champions League this year, or next year. And that significantly, you know, it, it's a trickle-down effect. It affects your transfer budget. It, you know, it affects, you know, how you can compete with the teams that do make Champions League. So that was kind of a, a fail-safe for them to, like, okay, well, we can get all this TV revenue regardless of what we do in the Premier League because we're going to play in this Super League. And we're going to play, you know, however many games during the middle of the week. Uh, we don't have to worry about Champions League. We know who we're going to play. Uh, we know it's going to do big numbers. So I, I think from their perspective, they thought, oh, this is a great plan. Problem is, uh, it was just immediately with backlash. With from, you know, it's, it's just greed. Yeah. It's all it is. It's just pure greed. And, uh, and look, credit to everyone who kind of, spoke out against it immediately, got it, uh, forced the clubs to withdraw. Uh, I think, you know, they're still worth blaming because, I mean, look, they were part of it in the first place, but uh, you can't really blame the the players, the managers, the the coaching staff, anybody behind the scenes because it sounds like they were as blindsided as as we were. So uh, at the end of the day, the right thing is going to be made. I'm sure there's going to be alterations made to the Champions League format. Mm -hmm. because I, I think those were rumored before this thing was yeah, announced. Yeah, they're so, adding. I mean, yeah, so that, that's probably what is going to end up happening. Champions League is going to get, uh, I think, expanded, and, and there's going to be, uh, I would assume, some type of safe landing for some of these big clubs. But, uh, yeah, it caused quite the stir. <laughs> and uh, when when you say, hey, your players aren't going to play international soccer, yep. can't play World Cup, uh, and the players react almost immediately to that. Uh, look, it's <laughs> it was pretty unanimous. I I haven't seen something that that unanimous being um, that has been gone against in, in a long time. Usually, there's some type of hot take or, or differing opinion, but man, there was absolutely no one. Um, I was waiting for someone to give me the, the full-blown hot take on why this was good just to be a contrarian. Yeah. Uh, but but the only the only good reasons you can come up with are if you put yourself in the headspace of these owners who think uh, money, 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 and that's it. That's, that's the only way you can spin it and be like, oh, I get wh- why they were trying to do this. Uh, I think everybody gets it. It's just... It was just a very unpopular idea. No, and I told you, I look, I I like the idea, but I just don't like the idea of losing Champions League. You screw, uh, of course, EPL and all the other leagues. And then, like the crazy thing was, then I read Manchester United was planning on playing in the EPL and the Super League. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, so I think think the plan was now. I think the Premier League and, and the other leagues around Europe. We're going to deny them entry mm-hmm. if this thing went through. So that's where everything got confusing. Yeah. But the the original plan, I believe, was for these this Super League was going to replace Champions League. Yes. So these these clubs were always going to play 
domestically on the weekends. They were just going to play a higher volume of games against the same clubs to replace Champions League and, and to make more money. That's what that's what this was. But the the when the leagues are like uh, you know kind of sketchy about keeping them you know in the league, you know that's when everything all the details kind of get lost in the wind and you know five people are saying this, you know another five are saying that, and all the details just get uh, kind of become hearsay. So I, I think that's how it was supposed to be organized. Uh, obviously, we don't have to worry about that until the the next Super League proposal comes in hmm. about two or three years. Let's get that MLS Super League going, all right? Hey, um, don't, say, don't, don't, don't say that. That's been the MLS Liga MX Super League is is definitely a thing that's been brought up before. So, and I don't uh, actually I hate it. I don't hate it. I don't. I I don't hate it either. It's just there, we got to stop expanding in MLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Work on the one product you have, and let's perfect that one as much as right. possible. All right, speaking of, let's go around the league quickly on this, and then I want to hit on this couple weekend's games, and then we'll close up shop on the Union again. Uh, just from the weekend, the opening weekend of MLS play, uh, was there a result that caught your attention more than any other? I'll start by saying D.C. United over NYC. Uh, what did you think about that result? Two to one, D.C. United. Yeah, I think they caught them out pretty fast. Uh, again, it's another club with a new manager it feels like we we haven't said that in like eons with dc united but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what what Hernan losada brings to that club um i'm very intrigued by it uh it, the, the story with them preseason was it, it just fitness 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 so uh i think they're just going to run teams to death <laughs> uh but yeah that was a nice result for them at home uh, I think you know you know how it is in, in both conferences. Everybody's going to beat up on each other at yep. some point. So um, you know, I think that my, I guess my biggest one would be, I don't want to say Vancouver or Montreal because they caught Portland and Toronto off Champions League games. I think that's kind of the, the cliche one. Um, I talked about this Nashville Cincinnati game last week. I think my, well, I think the game of the weekend, as far as highlights are concerned, was probably the Galaxy in Miami. Oh, for sure. But oh, Nashville sure. and Cincinnati was right there with it. Yeah, and great I'm, game. Like I said, I'm I'm fascinated by what FC Cincinnati is trying to do. Uh, they're basically trying to rebuild a team that was built from the bottom up, what two three years ago, and and Nashville has done things the right way in building their squad and, and it proved with the results last year. So uh, to see a 2-2 result, obviously that, that favors Cincinnati. So uh, again, they're a team I have circled just because I don't know what they're going to be. And I'm intrigued by that. But yeah, in terms of big picture, definitely galaxy Miami was the big game. Chicharito scoring uh, the a nice little start for my golden boot prediction. Yep. For him. But uh, yeah, and a lot of early goals too. That's the one thing that, that caught my attention when, when watching back the, the highlights on Saturday or from Saturday. A lot of early goals, and then games kind of settled in. So I'm interested to see if that becomes uh, a trend going into these, these next few weeks as teams try to kind of find their legs and, and, and get into a rhythm on the field. All right. So on the, this weekend, and we it kicks off on Friday, our first mm-hmm. game in the MLS uh, will be Sporting KC, who just went to the Red Bull and came away with that 2-1 victory. They're at home taking on Orlando City. Uh, did Orlando City play an opening weekend? They drew 0-0 with Atlanta. So oh, it, it that's was right. Easy to, 
Yeah. That's right. So they're plus 245. Of course, this is at Sporting KC. Draw plus 270. Anything on a little Friday Night Lights MLS edition? I mean, you, you would have to lean Kansas City just because it's Kansas City at home. Uh, but I wouldn't put it past Orlando if they find their attacking boost. You know, they're uh, still a majority of the team we saw last year. You know, this isn't you know a ton of turnover. The, but the biggest story hovering around Orlando is, is Daryl D.K., He's on loan at, at Barnsley in, in the second flight in England, and they're you know we're floating out numbers like twenty million for this guy Jeez. because he's just he's just scoring goals at an insane pace. So uh, that's what's hovering over Orlando. Can it? Can they kind of put that in the rear view and and focus on winning some games? Uh, I think that storyline is going to hover over them if they continue to to not look great in attack because. You know, he, he's lighting the championship on fire. So, yeah, that's, again, you know, we'll wait to see what injury reports and, and who's ready and, and who's fit. But Kansas City at home is, is usually a pretty decent lean early in the week. Well, uh, another one that I want to squeeze in real quick, if we could, Atlanta United taking on the Chicago Fire game is at home at Atlanta, plus 104, yeah. Chicago Fire plus 215. Big one. Because obviously they play Saturday night as long as as well as the Union. And uh, what are you yeah. seeing so far from Atlanta United? What do you think about them versus Chicago Fire on Saturday night? Yeah, so you know they've got the, the few games under their belt now, and uh, Gabriel Heinze is the is the new manager there. I feel like they've had a new manager every year now. It feels like, uh, but you know Joseph Martinez. That's the one thing you have to watch with this team. Uh, he's coming back from a torn ACL. How? does his body respond in these first few games? You know, how much are they going to push him in this game? Uh, that's something I'm very much looking to see how it goes. Uh, is he 90 minutes fit yet? I don't think so. But, I mean, the guy's one of the most lethal finishers in the league, if not the best at it. So, if I mean, if he if he starts putting some in, uh, the union could be in some trouble. That, that could be uh, how they get... Uh, vaulted from Champions League. But I will throw one thing about Chicago out there. Their top forward, Robert Barich, uh, he scored over the weekend. He might be a guy to watch in terms of goal scorer props throughout the year. Uh, if you if you were an MLS diehard, you'd remember um, Nemanja Nikolic a few years ago uh, was very consistent up top for Chicago. Uh, they're following the same formula with, with Barich. So if you're looking for an underrated guy for goal props, uh, especially on the road, because the value is probably going to be pretty high with him. Uh, he would be a, a guy to watch and, and consider throughout the season. Well, we got ourselves a pretty big uh, couple weeks here with the Philadelphia Union and, and the Champions League. I talked about it a little bit with you. I see the path. I do. I think that this team is playing well enough that they can run with all these teams that uh, they have to beat, and uh, we'll see. I'm not getting ahead of myself by any stretch of the imagination. Not going to be easy, but I like the way that they look right now, and uh, I'm excited about Saturday night. It's going to be a little bit of a wet track, I believe. I'm seeing rain in the forecast, so that's something to keep in mind as far as sports gambling is concerned on the Union, but uh, it's going to be fun. I know the Sons of Ben are back. Uh, they're actually opening up the tailgate. They've been back. So that's what it's, I think it was the difference for this upcoming game on Saturday night. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully it's going to be loud and raucous. And uh, I can't wait for Wednesday night. I will definitely be up there for that game. And I look forward to it. Any final thoughts before we get out of here, Joe? No, I think we, we covered it all. If, if any surprises happen, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we'll be all over it Thursday and Friday. But it, it seems like it's going to be a, 
uh, a pretty quiet match week, which is something I feel like we haven't said in like two years. Jay Tanzi nine zeros where you can find him on socials. If you don't already, man, make sure you give him a follow. I am a Sean underscore brace on socials. Give me a follow folks. We announced it last week. And if you're listening to this and you don't know, Oh, you live under a rat a rock, but, uh, we, uh, we announced a two year deal with the Philadelphia union. We are the official radio partner with the union for the next two seasons on the gambler. So, uh, the one thing we're trying to do differently this year and, uh, this Saturday would be a great start start for us uh, let us know what your thoughts are it's not as easy but i will tell you we are trying to delay or pick or make it no delay excuse me on the stream so if you're inside the stadium and you want to stream the game you get the guys on the call in the stadium so that's pretty cool that's different for this year fingers crossed again give us some patience here different streamers like i'm told apple is different than verizon and and everything so uh i don't know what we're getting into but i thought that that would be a really cool bonus this season and uh especially with danny and now on the squad so i'm really looking forward to hearing his calls on the game but we have some of the best in the business with dave and jp and seba and uh, everybody involved, Marissa, you name it. So, bottom line is, uh, I'm looking forward to being able to make that happen, and uh, it will start this Saturday uh, up in Chester. All right, for Joe, I'm Sean Brace. Everybody, have yourself a lovely week. Go Union, and we will pick back up next week, absolutely before the game against Atlanta, that Champions League showdown on Wednesday night. Everybody, have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.